one of the greatest problems what happens with the creativity is when it you have an objective and that just destroys everything pretty much you just right you know hit the nail on the head and that's a problem but so what we have to do is we have to kind of remove ourselves from that to see more than just what an objective is what you know um and be willing to look beyond what they call outside the box. So if the box is your objective, yeah. you need to think bigger than the box in order to find, to kind of go back. This is the Worship Team Training Podcast. Now, here's your host, Brandon Dempsey. Hey, worship leaders and ministry leaders, thanks so much for following and downloading the Worship Team Training Podcast video edition here on iTunes. If you're listening by audio, Spotify as well, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and all those places where you get your video and audio streaming podcasts. Welcome. And uh, we are talking today with great buddy, great friend, Rich Kirkpatrick. And we're talking about creativity. So have a question. Uh, how is planning your services, making music, producing content, and art becoming less creative or maybe inhibited? So it's no surprise that worship leaders and pastors chase the next week's or next season's service ideas. So let's be surprised again in our creativity and thinking. And here to help us with our creativity as well as musicianship, because you can incorporate the two, on today's music video podcast, here is Rich Kirkpatrick. So Rich Kirkpatrick has uh, been consistently here. Uh, on worship scene training, you guys have recognized him and many other projects and podcasts that we've done together. Uh, but what you may not know is he's been ranked a top for, he's been ranked a top blog for creatives discussing the intersection of creativity, faith, and leadership. And rkblog.com is where you can find him. It's a catalyst for creative leaders and with the inspiration and challenge that arise from meaningful life changing conversations. Rich writes to influence fellow creatives and leaders to help them think strategically and act redemptively, spurring conversations that clarify values, beliefs, and all things practical. Coaching is something that Rich excels very highly at, and I, I love him for that because he's a great mentor, and he's consulted with many top trained worship leaders and professionals with effectiveness. So you can find the brand new book that we're talking about today entitled Mind Blown, Unlock Your Creative Genius by Bridging Science and Magic. It's already here for the summer, and he's going to be releasing it soon, public-wide. Can't wait to see it. So let's welcome today Rich Kirkpatrick. Rich, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good, and and you did pretty good with that biography. Well, if I can live up to that, that's great. I did. It, it was just <laughs> a big. I had this. You know, squinch it thing. <laughs> but man, grateful to have you here as always. I mean, you and I talk on the phone all the time, but every time when we do productions like this, it just feels brand new. So awesome. I love, I can't wait to, to uh, dive into your book and see what you have to say about it. That's great. So why don't we do that? Tell us about the book, Mind Blown, number one. Why is it important to write about creativity? Why the book? I guess that's number two. Number three, why is it considered a title mind blown? Well, we'll start with a mind blown. First of all, creativity um, obviously is a mental exercise. Um, but as we learn from brain science, as I, as I unpack in the book, there's a process to it. See, um, everybody thinks, or at least a lot of people think, that creativity is something that you're born with, or it's natural, or it's voodoo, it's hard to figure out. Um, and some people are creative and some people aren't. 
But the truth is, is that we all, every single person is hardwired to be creative. And brain scientists have figured this out through research. Academics have figured this out through research. And those of us who are the Christian faith, we know this to be true because we're called image bearers of a creator. And like we have someone like Tolkien who calls us sub-creators or others, I like the term little creators because we have the big creator, the creator, and then there's us. So really that's why I wrote the book is to kind of just describe the fact, hey, if this is what we're designed to do, then if we learn how to actually um, do it better. We're actually learning how to be better people. So I thought, of course, I want to, you know, uh, explore my curios- curiosity on this topic, and uh, and it ended up becoming a book. Awesome. And this is important to you. Why about creativity? I think um, you know about twenty uh, percent of us are what they call divergent thinkers. And about 80% of the population are what they call convergent. They'd use that word because normal sounded bad, normal and divergent, right? Obviously, we know what divergent <laughs> is. So, they came up right. with these two categories. And, and the creative people, you know, yeah, we're, we're kind of misunderstood, you know, think, uh, we're you know, creative. And I like the saying that you, just because you're misunderstood doesn't mean you're creative. But the truth is we're all creative. So, so really, this, this is kind of the thing that really propelled all this, is this, this idea of my experience of, well, most of the people don't seem to get me, but yet I had this one boss, pastor, smartest person on the planet, probably, literally, very brilliant, who said, Rich, you come to the right conclusions and solutions, but you think backward. And it was just like flabbergasted. How is this possible? Because, you know, probably every single person around him was not that way. So, I figured, you know, he even admits, even though he doesn't like it, that this way of thinking, the the version way of thinking, actually gets results. But what I discovered is, is that really we need both of these kinds of thinking. We need um, divergent thinking, which is when you have one idea, but you could have 10 different possibilities flow out of it. And that's kind of what divergence or diverging from one point to many points. And that's idea generation. And then the second thing is at some point you got to sort all that down. So you have the convergent people who are always the ones who are saying, but will it work? Um, and we need to have that as well. The problem is we have an imbalance in our society, and those of us who are creative kind of know that. Also, we have a Im- uh, misunderstanding that every person should be both divergent and convergent thinkers. Mm-hmm. So, how, how does that work, and how do you get better at either of those? And so, that really is what ended up becoming mind-blown. Awesome. Well, you blew my mind at the very beginning of the book because you take us on a journey in which you and your wife traveled to France for your vacation. And I really got to uh, thinking two things. Number one, I love Europe and love France because that, of course, where uh, many great composers, music composers, and visual artists have uh, begun uh, the and, and cascaded this beautiful landscape of art as we know it today, come from France, Italy, Germany, many other, um, all the European countries. Uh, not just limited to, I don't want to offend anybody if you live in Iceland or something, but you began this journey, which is historical, France within itself, but you also take us into a um, a paradigm or, or allegory of using food in which you had said um, that uh, a well-crafted cinnamon roll is both beautiful and useful. So why yeah. begin the book that way? Well, I think... We have two kinds of judgments on what's really valuable. So, if it's practical and useful, then that's valuable. Um, 
And then we have, well, it's just pretty. It's just beautiful. It just yeah. moves me. It captures me. Um, but true creativity actually is a combination of both. So for the artist, it means not only is it beautiful, a good to make something beautiful, beautiful that captures people, but what if no one sees it? So you want it practically, you want it to somehow meet some kind of moment or, 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 or of the like. And then if it's, uh, let's say you're um, uh, just something useful, then um, if you don't really want beauty, meaning you don't want to capture people's hearts and the whole person they are, then you're only looking at half of it. So that's kind of really the bridge. The bridge is um, the secret for genius. The key here is this bridge. And the bridge is between many different things. And one of the bridges is between something that's beautiful, that captures us, that's hard to describe, which I just call magic, and then something that's practical and useful, um, logical, that I call um, science. Hmm. And so that's and the bridge between those and being able to go back and forth between those is a whole process of brain networks, a whole hmm. process of habits, a whole process of being that really is a human way of being. It's why, you know... Um, you know, Spock in Star Trek, those of you who are geeky who like the old Star Trek or new Star Trek, which is all cool, I like them all. Um, you know, the Vulcans supposedly don't have emotion and don't aren't moved by beauty and, and they have to only have logic. But as we see that character evolve, because he's half human, we see this this bridging between those two that's, that's really important. Sometimes you have to be logical, other times you have to be imaginative. And the truth is, um, Dr. Shelley Carson in her book that I cite, in in my book, she talks about this idea of imagination and what's used in the brain. We think imagination is a gooey thing, but so you, you walk up to a cliff, you see the um, how far it is to the bottom, and you have this. Your stomach starts to you know tighten up, and you start to panic. Nothing's happened. You're not right at the edge. You're not running to the cliff, but your imagination at work is that at work where your logic. Your, your uh, judgment centers of the brain are firing, saying, look, this is what could happen, logically, if you were to continue walking in that direction. So, your emotions and your all these things that I was told don't have these emotions, it's not logical, Rich, put your feelings last, do all these things, started coming to mind thinking, wait a minute, scientists are proving that what this is, this idea of imagination, actually is a logical, or at least it includes very logical centers of our brain as well. So, you know, so Brandon, the idea of right and left brain, gone. That's why I use the word mind blown, to blow away mm. the stereotypes that it's it's more than that. There's complex things in our humanity that basically make us either um, at some point in this process, creative process, which has, you know, three steps that I have identified but that's there, and it's a human right. process. You can't just put this on a chart. You have to experience it, um, but it also is on a chart. So there's a paradox. Hey, friends, just want to thank you for listening and downloading the Worship Team Training Podcast, and we ask that you do subscribe by finding us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Don't forget to visit our website and get your worship ebook for free at worshipteentraining.com slash enews. Thanks so much. And let's return now to our podcast. What I, what I want to go to is the chart that you made in your book. Uh, you also say like that the artistic um, journey is circular. The creative process is circular. And you put it in a, a really great diagram here um, involving a triangle. 
in which you uh, talk about the dream, the story, and the sandbox. And in, the, in each of those different subsets, I can see very easily how uh, the creative person can get stuck in one or both of those categories. Either we get stuck in the dream and our head is up there, but yet we can't seem to pull down and uh, to materialize the ideas that we want on earth, or um, we're on earth and the sandbox and we seem to can't, we, we seem not to get out of it. Uh, so here's the, um, the diagram. You guys can see it. So he talks about, so Rich, can you explain a little bit further about uh, how we move from section to section and we can easily help ourselves get unstuck, let's say in the creativity process? Well, that's what the whole book's designed to do is it, it walks you through these three steps, the dream, the sandbox, and the story. And it's circular, meaning that you might have to go back and forth between each of these or bridge between. There's the other metaphor. Mm -hmm. So really, just three practical words. So all my convergent people will like this part of it. It's a, The first one is discover. Then it's, um, you know, what's the idea? And then it's develop. Let's see if it works. What's the limitations? And then the third thing you do is deliver it, put it out into the world. And so those are three different distinct points of creativity. And some of us are good at one or two. None of us are really great at all three of those. So my hope is, you know, if you're a divergent thinker and at the dream, you can you can discover ideas every day. You can't help it. You get awake at night or you're in the shower or whatever, they just keep coming and you write them down and that's great. So you can do that easily. But when it comes to um, the sandbox where you have to develop the idea, where you test the idea, maybe you don't know how to do budgets or how to kind of work that around. So you have to think through what are my limitations. Um, and then maybe though you do know the, the story which is deliver. You know who you are, you know your audience, you know your branding. And what that, that section there does is identify um, the human aspect of a story. See, stories are a structure, but they also contain our dreams. And so the whole idea of this process, as you said, is to kind of find which one of these am I, you know, do I need to get better at? Because there's probably one of them I'm already good at. So it's either I come up with ideas, but I have a partner, a business partner, and I'm the entrepreneur, but he's my operations guy. And then and then we both work together with a marketing person who helps figure out who are the people that are going to see this. Is it okay? Is it, that's kind of your UX person, um, which is user experience for those of you who aren't in the techie world of Austin or the Bay Area, which I'm in. So, But the, the whole thing here is, is like you said, it's, it's figuring out um, that. And, and it's also self-discovery, this whole book, by the way. It's, the self-discovery is, is where I'm needed is to figure out the story part. Like, I could come up with ideas, and I really know how to test them and have systems and things that could actually work. But is anyone going to buy my book? Is anyone going to sing a song that I wrote? How do I know those things are true? So, I wanted to work on that area, and this helped me discover mm. what I needed to do. So, it's kind of like a musician, you know, I had the producers, the guy who's going, or gal, who's actually going to take the song that I have the idea from um, and test it to the real world um, in something that's concrete. So, you're taking an abstract idea to a concrete creation, and that's what creativity is about. Um, a lot of times people think creativity is just ideas or creativity is, is just innovation. Um, but it's all of these things when they work in concert together um, on that path. So that path, those three steps or whatever, are really a circular thing, a triangle. You're going to go, you know, you, so for instance, idea is great, limitations, 
I figure that out in the development process, and then I get to the deliver process, uh, process where the story is, and I discover that, you know what? No, um, only people who are uh, over the age of 35 are going to buy this product, and everything I tooled for the product was for people younger than that. So I go back to my uh, sandbox, and I rework the limitations of my project to expand how it might work for somebody who's younger, just as an example. So really what it is, is it's iterative. So in engineering, you know, you iteratively make changes, but as creatives, we don't like to think of that way, but we need to. So I thought, what if I made a, a system that moves in steps, but yet is circular, like a lot of us divergent thinkers think? It would help those people who are strictly logical understand that they can still be that way, but they can grow their capacity to generate innovative ideas that they may have never thought of before. So um, that's an awesome explanation and, and help for those that are in that creative process, having go back and forth and use the bridges like what you said. That, that I love that because it's, it's not just a connection, but it's understanding how you're getting there and the journey that you're taking. Just very much like how you open the book, you're journeying through France and you're going to different pastry shops and you're looking at all the art. And I can see that creativity is very much like that journey that we have a difficulty walking through because week by week, as we are tasked to produce like a worship service or a song or literature, we feel so taxed by the, by the, the objective that we don't find ourselves in the moment to create. So how does one get to that place where they can create space to do so? Well, you just mentioned something that uh, one of my favorite authors, the late Gordon McKenzie, in his book, Over the Giant Hairball, yes. <laughs> says that one of the greatest problems, what happens with the creativity is when it, you have an objective and that just destroys everything. Pretty much you just right. you know, hit the nail on the head and that's a problem. But so what we have to do is we have to kind of remove ourselves from that to see more than just what an objective is, what, you know, um, and be willing to look beyond what they call outside the box. So if the box is your objective, mm. you need to think bigger than the box in order to find, to kind of go back. So the idea of a circular process is you may end up going back to here's where the objective is, but that's not where you stay. It's a point of jumping off. And so divergent thinking is the idea that you jump off. Well, here's an, here's an example of an idea in one of the chapters of talking about, you know, how you get the ideas. Um, and you know, a lot of people think conventional wisdom, if you just hustle long enough, you're going to get ideas. But the truth is you need rest. You need actually space to do this. You need different environments, different processes that are going to take you. And it may not look like the objective, that it's a straight line between there to the objective. Mm -hmm. And see, we want the creative process to be this machine, but you and I aren't machines. And I'm listening to the brain scientists. I'm listening to the thousands of years of history of Christianity. That's the part that's really stood true and seeing that really... We are wired as humans to create uh, this a redemptive reality in this world. And objective mm. of just being utility is not enough. We can't yes. just right. stay on it enough. We have to look at the bigger point. So part of that, just mm. as an example, would be the objective is for this team to achieve ABC. But what if my goal and my purpose is to love that team, is to care for that team, is to develop that team? So that's not directly a straight line to the, the goal of that team achieving its, mm -hmm. its benchmarks. But if my 
team is if they're cared for if they have the resources they need mm -hmm. then they are going to likely hit that target right if they don't have the juice to get there it's kind of like the supply mm -hmm. lines it's like fighting a war here's what the creative process is it's fighting the war with supply lines and what the what happens in the uh the world of those of us who work with or in institutions is the hairballs gordon mckenzie calls it we get stuck in that yeah. constant tension of give me this now give me this now and you know as, as opposed to seeing that it takes incubation which is one of um uh, this this concept that you get an idea and you got to sit on it for a while you got to do something different for a while you have to allow it in its own time to come up and that's the human part of this is you can't put that in uh, a metric all the time as far as how long right. that takes so i think this is kind of a, a very important idea of the book is 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 that you really it's, it's we have to be more human and so being creative is really just stepping back thinking sure objectives we want to do things and we said artificial objectives you know that's great to help us move in a certain direction but really it's about our purpose and about how we are made that matters so if we're doing things without first addressing well who are we it's like fly to the moon but we're a car we're not a rocket ship so don't ask me to fly to the moon unless you're going to allow me to become a rocket ship but give me some time to retool what i've got going here and that's really what the creative process is, is identifying our humanity and its capacities and being able to grow in those Hey friends, we hope that you are enjoying the training from this podcast episode. But have you ever thought about this training coming to you and your church? We can do that here at Worship Team Training. Simply, it's a one or two day workshop, which we cover leadership, worship theology, music practical concepts, and worship leading. Head on over to worshipteamtraining.com slash weekendworkshops to learn more about what we can do for you and your worship team. Now, let's get back to our episode. Real quick, take us through like uh, the process of when we have all the ideas flowing and it seems that we're kind of now we're stuck in a good creativity process, but there are a hundred billion ways that we can go. You put this very simply um, in your book. Uh, you talk about the keep box, the trash bin and the later basket. Can you explain each of those? Well, really all that is is how to tidy up. So when you're tidying up your room, what do you do? It's like uh, Marie Kondo says, what sparks joy and what doesn't. So at some point, though, you have to, before you, you know, you form a system, which is great. Any system is fine. But the purpose of that is forcing a decision. You have to come to some point where you realize, okay, I have a lot of ideas. I could keep making more ideas. But now I need to change to convergent thinking. Now I need to start sorting my ideas. And so really what that is, is a shift in, in your brain um, to start something new again, which if you look at it that way, it's actually kind of fun. Instead of like on this long journey, you're like, oh, I get to like do something new today. What I'm doing today is I'm taking all the stuff of ideas and I'm going to find a place to put them all. And that will allow me to limit the options that I have. Um, uh, earlier in the book than that, than that part, I talk about brainstorming and where yeah. that, that one uh, businesswoman, um, she was talking about how it's... Brainstorm meetings are, are often like putting your brake and the gas pedal on at the same time because you want to get ideas, but you also want to walk away with some good ideas. You want to get a lot of ideas and walk away with good ideas. So in the same meeting, you're sorting through what's kind of like, hey, be open for ideas. Oh, that idea, we're going to make it rank it higher than this idea. And so in one meeting, you've basically just 
right. destroyed right. the people in the room with the ideas with the people who are complaining about that won't work or why reinvent the wheel? You know, those kind of voices. We need those voices, though, at some point. Yes. So the idea of separation, just like you have these different containers, a separation as opposed to combining something, you need to bridge between things that are different. So you were coming up with ideas. Now the discipline in your brain, and this is going to take work, is to learn how then, if those of us who are super just gooey, is how do I then make this into something I can actually act on? And so then that mm -hmm. sorting is just one of those steps where what ideas I keep, what is good enough to look at later, and what things do I need to just get rid of now and just let put a funeral on and say that idea right. is gone. It's okay so to I'm, say that. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay to do that. So, but really it's still bridging. It's still, it's still that process. And that's, that's where the magic is, Brandon. Mm, I love it. So where can people grab this book? This book will be on Amazon and everywhere uh, July 29. Um, if you want any more information about the book, rkblog.com slash mindblown um, is a, a link up that will have uh, you. And those who get on there early before the 29th will get some bonuses. Um, if you go after that, it's, it will take you directly to where the book is. Awesome. And they can access that right now by your website? Yeah, you can go to my website or just put that in rkblog.com slash mindblown. Awesome. And so here is the book, my copy right here. Love it. Mindblowing. <laughs> You'll see the awesome light bulb there. And uh, without further ado, man, to close us out, uh, Rich, thanks so much for being here with us. And uh, hang on a second. Are you there? Yeah, I'm there. A little hook up. Uh, hold on a second. All right, let me finish that out. Okay, Rich, uh, so this has been mind blown of a conversation that we've had here. And uh, thank you for uh, sharing with us the discovery, the continued discovery of create the creative process and how we can use that in, in every day to help us get unstuck, uh, to help us learn about our journeys, and then also what to do with those process uh, in, in, in a team environment. So it's been very helpful, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and keep creating. Awesome. Yes. And so uh, we're going to have you back to do some more things, uh, to talk more about the book. And so, guys, um, be sure to pick this up uh, July 29th, Mind Blown. And uh, you can find that. RKblog.com. <laughs> You're doing fine, man. <laughs> thank you. I needed that little affirmation. Anyway, guys, uh, you got to check out Mind Blown, uh, Rich Kirkpatrick. Uh, July 29th, it comes out. You can get it at rkblog.com. And uh, Rich will tell you all about it as you follow him also on his Facebook and Instagram platforms. Uh, Rich, it's been exciting and awesome to have you here today. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Awesome. Well, guys, uh, thanks for joining us today. And remember, it's not about being perfect, but about allowing the Lord Jesus to lead you both in life and in worship. I'm Brandon Dipsey. Until next time, see ya. This has been a Worship Team Training Broadcast and Digital Production with your host and training director, Brandon Dempsey. Worship Team Training provides live workshops and online resources to help inspire, create, and transform the leading of worship. We'll see you again right here on worshiptteamtraining.com.